Hello, hello. This is your host, Jeff Antonio, with the Jeff Antonio Show. And today, we have a very special guest. Please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, the talented Mr. Harrison Reese. How are you doing, Harrison? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing great, bud. I'm doing real good, man. How's everything on your side of the pond? Yeah, yeah, it's going all right. You know, um, not a lot to do in lockdown, but getting through it, getting through it well enough. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. It's uh, life has changed over the past year, huh? Yeah, yeah, quite a lot. Tell me how how has it changed for you? You know, um, well, you know, it's, it's been a lot harder to get into the studio. You know, writing songs, um, we've had to do it over Zoom. Um, just you know, not being able to obviously not being able to see anyone. Um, but yeah, it it's been it's been quite difficult to you know balance music school all online you know sat at a computer for you know six hours a day and then doing more music on the computer um you know it's quite hard to do it online um compared to you know in person most definitely do you feel like some days it's like you're on the computer all day from you know top to bottom from you know school and then writing online i mean probably hanging out with your friends it's like you probably like my when am i going to get off the computer or, or my device right yeah, some days, you know, it's from, you know, nine till half three at school and then four till, you know, whenever eight o'clock online in the studio. So it can be it can be quite a long time, um, but, you know, it's it's all fun what I'm doing. So, you know, do you ever take breaks and just, you know, shut down the electronics for a day and just spaz out? Um I tried to, but it's quite difficult to do that. Um, but I, I try to every now and then, you know, just even five, ten minutes outside um, can do a great deal. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about when I was your age, I mean, we didn't really have social media or cell phones or what have you. So it's just like, what would I have done during COVID? I've thought about that. Like, it was like, what would I have done? And you know what? I'm not really even sure. I know I would have been on the phone with my friends a lot, um, you know, probably playing a ton of video games. But in some ways, I think, you know, someone your age, you have more of an advantage to actually connect to people online because, you know, we didn't have that before. So, yeah, yeah, it's quite it's quite helpful for keeping in touch with everyone. Yeah, it's been, yeah. been all right. I mean, there's a, there's a pro and con to everything, but at least that's the that's the upside is that at least you can connect with your family and your friends and stay in touch that way. Where if it would have happened at your age in my time, eh, that would have been that would have been probably weirder. <laughs> weirder than this whole thing has already been pretty weird enough. So, well, that's good, man. My hat goes off to you to staying productive and and staying focused and staying on your hustle. And I got to tell you, man, I checked out your music, and it's really good. Um, particularly, my favorite track is "Darkness." Yeah, so I actually, um, I actually wrote that one um, in the first lockdown over Zoom with my studio. Um, so yeah, that that was the first one that I 
I wrote during a lockdown and it was about um it was about mental health and we raised money for a mental health charity and yeah we did it all online all from you know my room here so yeah that was really cool that's fantastic man that's great yeah i could really tell it was about reaching out and telling someone it's okay to reach out and letting people know that it's okay right i mean is that the the message yeah yeah, yeah that's definitely the message um and uh by the by the looks of it, i think we got it across pretty well really yeah yeah no it's it's i mean the message came right through and i really like your your vocal performance and the writing i mean to me you have a bunch of good songs but that song was just like boom i instantly it was just like what's that you know so it definitely stands out and i also like i mean the word darkness right i mean it it has so many meanings and i think um again you know when we think about the past year and what we've all been through and it's kind of like we're all kind of searching our way through a, a little bit of darkness and um i don't know man it's just right on the money yeah thanks thanks um yeah. yeah i mean it was good to get everyone involved as well um obviously with the video we got everyone that kind of supported to send in a picture of them holding up um a, uh, on a piece of paper something that they might have been feeling over lockdown and you know we got we got um, some pretty cool people as well. We got people from loads of local bands. Um, we got quite um, a famous local artist that sent a picture in as well, um, and uh, that that also got onto um, the local BBC News um, in my area, BBC uh, Solent, uh, BBC South today it was. Um, so yeah, that was really cool to kind of get everyone involved and put a really nice message across. Yeah. That's fantastic. You know, I, I think um, it's just a great song and a lot of people can relate to the message and they need to hear the message. And to anyone listening, you know, um, if you know, sometimes you just got to reach out, you know, you got to reach out to a friend, a family member. If there's anybody in your circle of influence that you just, you know, you think about them for a second and you say, you know what? I don't know. I, I wonder if they're okay. You know what? Quit the wondering. Pick up the phone. Call, text, email. Just, you know, connect in some way. You know, get on Zoom and just say hello because you'd be surprised at how much it can mean to someone, especially right now with everything that's, you know, been going on for the past year. You know? Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, that's one of the good things about having, you know, a phone that you can take everywhere, um, that you can just have when like when you want you know you can just message who you want when you want um and it's so much easier now um so yeah that it's really helpful just to have that kind of connection with everyone you know over zoom or message or any social media you know yeah yeah absolutely so so take me through the beginnings i mean you grew up in portsmouth yeah yeah portsmouth um quite it's quite a small place but there are you know loads of people so i think yeah it's a, it's a really it's a really nice place um it's not like one of these massive cities you know like you, you, like new york and um la but you know it's all it's all really nice yeah really nice place you know it's a trip when i see the the town portsmouth because you know my home state virginia where i'm from we've got a portsmouth virginia and so i always think about this like well you know probably came from England and um, it's pretty cool. And, you know, as a matter of fact, Portsmouth, Virginia is kind of, uh, you know, it's a small city, 
based off the water, you know, not not too unlike you. <laughs> yeah, 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 really close to the sea, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So, I mean, what were the first musical influences that you remember growing up and it really stood out to you and like you just had to hear it all the time? Um, well, my first album that I um, always, would always listen to um, was the Plus album um, by Ed Sheeran. Um, I also, I listened to a lot of uh, Bastille and um, I have one of Ariana Grande's albums as well. So um, that was kind of it when I was a lot younger, really. That's great, man. That's great. Yeah, Ed Sheeran is... Uh... It's just so phenomenal. And you you kind of remind me of Ed Sheeran, by the way. Yeah, that's kind of how I started learning, um, learning his music. And uh, I went to see him um, in a concert in Madrid. Um, that was a really, really good concert. That was the kind of second really big concert I went to um, was Ed Sheeran in Madrid, which was, yeah, really, really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got a lot of talent. And, uh, yeah, you, you kind of have that vibe going on with the guitar and the vocal and the way that you, not saying you sound like Ed so much, but I can I can feel his spirit through your music, and I think it's a great thing. And also a little bit of Shawn Mendes. I don't know if you're a fan of Shawn. Yeah, so you see, a lot, a lot of people say Shawn Mendes. Um, yeah, I really like, really like his music as well. Um, yeah. So those are the two artists that everyone kind of says, oh, you're quite like him and him. So, yeah, that, those are two quite big inspirations. Absolutely. They're both fantastic. So, I mean, at what point when you were, you know, growing up and you were listening to Ed Sheeran, did you say, you know what, man, like, I love music and, you know, I either want to sing or play guitar. I mean, what was that moment like? Um, well, I, I, I always wanted – I played guitar a lot before. Uh, a, a long time before I sung, I think it was a few years before I actually started playing and singing together. Um, but the first song I learned was um, uh, "The A Team" by Ed Sheeran, and I sung it at school in like a in a mini in a mini concert, um, in just in front of you know ten people maybe. Um, yeah, I think nine nine or ten people really. Um, but that's how it all started. Um, yeah. Just, an Ed Sheeran song. I was nine years old. Um, yeah, just sung his music. Really, really enjoyed it. That's awesome. And how did it feel like to play in front of an audience for the first time like that? Yeah, it, it was quite scary, but I feel like I was quite well prepared. I played, um, I obviously played in front of family and friends before, but, you know, having a, a kind of live audience, it can be scary and it takes some time to get used to it. Um, but I think, you know, just the more you do it, the, the easier it becomes. And then you can play in front of 20 people and then 30 people, um, you know, so it just kind of comes natural and a lot easier to do, really. Yeah. And I think you you said it really well is that, you know, the more that you're prepared, like the less sweat there is. I mean, not that everything goes perfect, but it's like if you know what you're doing, um, you know, crowd, no crowd. Like when you get up on that stage and there's people there, you're ready and you know what you're doing. You feel that confidence. And so you just, you just go right through it. Like it's just another day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, over lockdown, I, I was doing some live gigs over Facebook. So 
it was almost like it that helped a lot really with performance because you're playing in front of an audience but you can't you can't see anyone so it's like you're playing to yourself but actually there's you know 10 20 people that are almost that are are watching you from home so that that is that's been really good for you know live performances building up confidence and stuff that's fantastic that's fantastic so i mean from there after that first show was it where did you go from there i mean how did you decide that you wanted to keep going and take it further um well after you know a couple of you know small concerts and stuff it's actually quite a funny story i went from kind of 10 to 20 people and then i played at the guild hall when i was nine which has i think it's like maximum two thousand people um so it's quite a big jump there um but yeah just i played at victorious festival which is um, a local festival in portsmouth um, when i was 10 and i've done that for the past four years the the, from 10 however many years it was not including this year obviously um i've done that so that's quite good as well for you know just getting your name out there getting performing and playing um so it was quite i was quite young when i started playing in front of audiences and it's just got you know a lot easier and easier um and more comfortable in time really that's fantastic and then what about uh recording i mean how how did you how did you even know where to begin or what to do and, and you know, putting that together? Well, I uh, I was playing uh, at a gig in a, in a kind of pub restaurant in um, in Portsmouth and they put their, they streamed the, the whole night onto Facebook and a recording studio saw that live because they were watching one of their other clients perform and they kind of got in touch and I went to the studio and I signed on to their uh, artist development program. So we were recording covers regularly, you know, every kind of week really, um, recording a cover. And then I obviously I recorded five originals. I think it might be, I think we're getting onto our seventh or eighth now. Um, so recording originals and covers um, with them really. So yeah, that, that's how I kind of got into recording my music. That's fantastic. And like, what's, what was the process like? I mean, did you go in there and kind of, you know, put down guitar and, and piano first? Or I mean, how, how did that work? Um, yeah, so I, I like to come up with a, uh, a concept of the whole song. So not necessarily lyrics, but just a general theme. And then I normally get the track down. So I work with the guitarist um, at the studio and we get a, get a basic track down. And then I work with the uh, the the lyric kind of the singer, the lyric writer, um, and we write down some basic lyrics, and we just build up and build up until finally we've got we've got a whole track really. That's fantastic. But you go into the studio and you're just like, you have the whole concept thought out. You've got notes. You know you know what you want to do walking in versus vice versa, right? Yeah, so I, I kind of I know what I want to do, but obviously the people in there help with actually executing it um, to the best of my ability, really. Um, so they they're really really helpful when I'm writing and recording. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, I mean, as you know, when you record a song and you're in the studio, 
you can manipulate, change the track, take this vocal out, put it back in, turn up the guitar, turn it down. There's a million different ways that you can work out a song. And, and you know, But at what point do you know when you're done with the song and it's there's nothing else that you need to add? Um, it is quite tricky, but I like to get um, I like to get outside outsiders that haven't been in the in the studio recording it because it's quite easy to go. Oh well, this sounds really good, but you then you can you can get outside people that haven't been actually writing and recording it to listen to it and you know give you some advice or this needs more backing vocals or you know more guitar guitar needs to come up or whatever. Um, but I think it's just good to get someone outside of the studio to listen in um, to see if there's anything that we can do. And then if we feel that it's perfect and, and it's, it's good enough to release, then that's kind of when we that's kind of when we know that it needs to be released, really. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's just one of those things you get to the studio. And you hear the song over and over and over, and you can kind of get lost in that, and you're just like, well, you, you don't know, because you've heard it probably a million times in one day. So you're just like, where am I? You know, like, is it good? Is it, you know, it sounds good, but you know, yeah, you kind of lose perspective. And so I think that's a great process of what you're saying is, you know, kind of take it out let people hear the track, see how they relate to it, and then go back and finish it up. That seems like a great way to do it. Um, when you were recording this this album, um, The Real Me, I mean, how, how long did that process take? So we we normally dedicated um, a couple, uh, one or two sessions just for writing, um, just for writing the song. So my first song took, obviously it took a long time. It was my first ever song. It, it took a couple of months, really, um, for for me writing the first lyric to, to you know, recording it and getting it perfect. And then the next song, it took you know, it took eight hours to to get the track down. Um, but in the in the process of writing the first song, um, my voice broke, so we had to re-record it, you know, three or four times. So the pro the whole process took five or six months just to from writing the first lyric to then actually being able to release the the final product so it takes normally a day or two to get to get the uh, track and the lyrics written down but the whole you know releasing process takes a few months so it's taken roughly 16 months just to get that to get that first um, ep finished yeah yeah and that's that's about right i mean a lot of people who don't, you know, write music or, or play music, they don't realize that the process involved. And, you know, it's just so funny about how some things are just always true, you know, and music really is like anything else. I mean, you could even relate it to sports, right? I mean, the first time you try to do something in a sport, it's it's gonna be a little bit more difficult because you've never done it. And then you try it again, and then you try it again, and then before you know it, you've got that creative process going, right? And it's easier because you've kind of built up that muscle. Yeah, yeah. So it obviously becomes a lot easier after time that you do it. But yeah, I play a few sports, so I can kind of relate it. You know, from 
from having like just nothing you know you can barely do this or barely you know hit the ball or whatever you're trying to do barely score a goal and then from you know being doing doing it every single week and it becomes like almost muscle memory um that it can you can just do it without even thinking about it yeah yeah and you think about you know some of the most prolific artists out there and releasing music you know sometimes a ton of music at one time and and I think the rest of the world is just like, well, how? How can they do it? It's just like they've built up this momentum and they're just used to, they're in that creative zone, you know, and they can just write and get it done, you know, and if you're in your zone, um, you can do that. So that, that's really interesting to hear. So let me ask you this, Harrison, if, if, if you could only record in the studio and have massive hits or you could only play live, for the rest of your life, which would it be, and why? Um, that'd be really that's quite a tough one, actually. I I would probably say playing live. I I just don't think there's much better experience as a musician than playing live. Um, yeah, I, that's a tough one. That I think I think I'd go probably playing live. You know, having the interaction with all the people there. Um, you know, it, it's great putting the CD into the into a player and listen to it back or streaming it on Spotify or whatever. Um, but yeah, I quite like having the connection with the people that I'm playing to really. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, there's something about playing live. Um, there's really nothing like it. Um, and it's hard to describe. I mean, can you describe to the audience that, you know, to the audience listening that has never had the ability to play live, or maybe they've always wanted to play live, but they're, fearful i mean what does it feel like to be on that stage all eyes are on you and like you just know that you got to bring me what is that feeling like yeah uh, well at at the start it can obviously be really nerve-wracking you know obviously everyone is watching you and they are there to kind of they are there to watch you um so it can be nerve-wracking but as obviously as i said earlier once you do it more and more it obviously becomes a load easier um and you can you can kind of come come out of your shell a bit more you know perform performance becomes a lot better you know the way i think you know when when you're playing live as much as the music that you're playing can be really good if you don't have that interaction with the audience you know people people could start just stop listening really so i think it's quite important to practice even even you know in front of a mirror or something just practice speaking and trying to make yourself sound as interesting as you possibly can to to get people engaged really yeah i mean it's it's one of those things it's it's really hard to describe i know for me that the times when i've played live um there's just these moments in time when you're on stage where it's almost undescribable. I mean, it really, you know, it's just like, I don't even know how to describe it other than it's almost spiritual, but it, it kind of, um, you know, you're in this zone and when you really connect to an audience, it's just this other element that um, is almost undescribable, really. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, it's a really almost nice th- feeling kind of thing to do 
is you know just get out there and and play do what you like doing um i think that's a massive part of it just enjoying it yourself yeah well most definitely so i mean getting back to your songwriting you know as you know um you know it, it can sometimes be hard to get into your creative zone because you know modern day life we've got everything going on we've got social media we've got so many ways to connect to people so how do you block all that out and get into your creative zone um you know it, it's quite hard to kind of just stop thinking about everything else and just think about writing music because you know some days it will, it will come to it in five or ten minutes and you'll think of a really nice verse or a really nice chorus and then other times it would take you know loads of inspiration loads of listening to loads of music and it could take hours to think of you know a few lines um so it's it is quite hard to just sit down and and just think of lyrics i think it's a lot of it just comes to you naturally um and then obviously the more and more that you do it things will come easier um and the process will become quite a lot quicker yeah yeah i mean it's just one of those things the more you do it the better you get i know for me that sometimes I work better in short doses. So if I'm working on a track, I'll do like maybe a couple of hours and then I'll walk away and I'll do something else and then I'll come back to it. But everybody's got their process of kind of, you know, keeping it alive and keeping that momentum. And um, I've seen some people who are, I mean, literally, they could be in the studio 24 hours, nonstop, behind the board, and it doesn't even phase them. They've heard the song a million times and they're just still spinning ideas. Um, and then, you know, there's people like me that just like, I think we just, we got to do it in short increments before we kind of fade out. So it's always interesting to hear what everybody's process is. Um, tell me about your song, What If I? What is that about and where were you going with that song? Um, so I wrote that um, when I was 13. Um, so nearly a couple of years ago now, nearly. Um, and uh, it, it was just kind of about just wanting to not do anything, you know, just lay in bed for an extra couple of hours, you know, not, you know, if you got school, not, you know, do, do any work for a couple of hours, just kind of, you know, just being, being almost just being a teenager, really, just not wanting to do much. Um, just having that time for yourself. That was kind of the inspiration for it. Hey, you know what? I, I can relate still today. There's days I get up, you know what, man? It's like, ah, I just, I need a breather and I just woke up. <laughs> so I know the feeling. Um, but that's good. I think that's good. I think, um, you know, it's a reminder that we need to live, you know, and sometimes we can get so caught up in being productive that we forget to just breathe, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's important to have have a break. For, it could be even a, even a whole day just to have that for yourself, do what you want rather than, you know, what, what you think you should be doing. It's just, you know, take a break for a bit, have time for yourself um, and for your friends and, yeah, just have a, have a bit of a break sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we got to zone out and it's good for us, you know, and um, and I would definitely even say teenagers, too. You know, you guys have a lot of pressure. You know, you got school, you got 
your parents, <clears throat> you've got your social life, and it could be it could be a bit much, you know. Um, it could be overwhelming, and I think a lot of us grown-ups, we can kind of look past that and say, well, they got it so easy, man. I wish I could go back and be a teenager again. But oftentimes we're thinking about the easy parts. We're not thinking about the pressure. <clears throat> and there is a lot of pressure. Yeah, so I, I think, obviously, sometimes you can look back and, and only kind of see the good things. But then, you know, if you look deeper into it, there's a everything else that happens it's not just you know seeing your friends every day at school it's also preparing for that massive exam that you have to do or you know anything like that really so it's quite easy to look back onto the on, on the good stuff but um it can, it can also be quite difficult to look actually at the at the hard parts of it really yeah yeah and you know it's it, i i I mean, for me, I remember when I was in high school, I had a, I had a decent amount of friends, and um, but I mostly hung out with them outside of school. I wasn't necessarily social inside the actual school. And I remember sometimes my friends would walk past me, and we'd just briefly say hello, and then they come back to me later after school. I'm like, you know, Jeff, I was going to come say hello to you today, but it looked like you were going to punch someone's lights out. <laughs> But the problem was, was that I was not a morning person. I was not, I'm, I'm still today, not really an early morning person. And that was a struggle. That was real, you know. And I think, uh, you know, I mean, anybody's parents could look at that and say, well, you know, you're just, just being lit. Get up, you know. You just got to get up and wake up. And it's like, but really, I was really not a morning person. And then when I went to college, you know, I was able to control my schedule and suddenly, you know, my grades went boom. They skyrocketed because I'm really not really a morning person. I'm just not that fast in the morning. So no, I, I can't remember the last time I woke up before midday, really. I'm, I'm <laughs> not a morning person at all. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to do what, what fits your life. And, and it's hard to do if you don't have that control. So you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So obviously... Uh, on a on a school day they it starts at you know like nine o'clock so some days it's getting up at half seven to actually go into school whereas now I can wake up at five five to nine put my computer on and, and just do it online so it, it's become easier but I, yeah I feel like it, it would it's a lot easier when you do have that control over um when you when you want to start and when you want to finish yeah yeah, I mean, it, it really can make a difference. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's one of those things that I think you as an artist, you can write to an interesting perspective because, um, you know, there's a lot of things that teens deal with that we as, as grown-up adults, we forget, you know. It's just so easy to forget the pressures and the things that you go through. And, um, you know, it can, those can be fun years, but they can be challenging years as well. And uh, that's fantastic. Tell me about the real me. So that that one's quite a um, quite a recent one actually, and it, it's it was kind of inspired um, by by people just in, instead of do kind of just wanting you for you really, rather than um, something that you're doing in life. You know, like you're you're really famous people. You know, they just it's quite hard to find 
people that are that like you just because you know of your, your, you as a person rather than you know what what you do and on all these other factors so that that was kind of how it came about really well that sounds like los angeles <laughs> it does man you know it sounds a little... Not to beat up on L.A. too much, but I mean, it, it can be it can be a town of, um, you know, it's it's a great town, but it can be a town of what can you do for me? What can you give me? And so I think that's that's a track that Los Angeles, maybe they could they could take that to heart, huh? <laughs> and it, all my L.A. people, you know, I love you. It's just it's it's one of those towns that, you know, and it's probably any big city, you know, um, people can kind of, um, you know, they're, they're looking to get that edge. And, you know, you kind of get a, a shark tank, you know, out there where, you know, it's it's everybody's trying to climb their way to the top. So that's awesome. Tell me about your daily process, Harrison. How does your day begin and how does it end? So uh, at, at the moment, I'm. Um... I'm off school for the next few days. I've got a week at half term, um, but generally on a school day, it would just be it would be wake up and then log straight onto uh, onto school and and do the work until school finishes at quarter quarter to four, half half three, quarter to four, um, and then and then you know depending on on what what I'm what I'm doing that day, I might play the guitar, um, do some recording or, or just kind of have that time for myself, you know, go on social media, um, on the, on the PlayStation, you know, kind of just do whatever really. Um, but yeah, it depends, you know, kind of what hours I'm in the studio. Um, but yeah, after school, it, it would, it would be quite different depending on the day. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Harrison, I, I got to tell you, man, I think you're far beyond your age with your talent. You're still a young dude, but I got to tell you, you got a talent of a 25-year-old, man. Um, you've got it together, and uh, I, I see nothing but big and exciting things coming from you. Tell us uh, what, what you got going on this year, 2021. So um, it, it's been the release of my of my EP, The Real Me, um, but I'm up. Obviously, I'm not doing live gigs at the moment, but in the in kind of October, I think I'm planning um, to to do a, a launch for the EP. Um, so I sell tickets, and then people come and and see. We get support acts, and um, so there, I think that that'll be a really uh, really great night. Um, just just trying to get just trying to get out. Um, doing more gigs. I'm releasing a, a new single really soon, um, which will be on my next EP. But nothing, nothing else too major. I think I'm I'm working with a company at the moment, um, which are putting my um, my new single onto a seven-inch vinyl, and uh, they're on pre-sale at the moment. And I think there's they're really limited. So there's not many left, but they they sold out really quickly, which was um, which was really nice. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of it, really. Just you know, a lot of music stuff. Very impressive, very impressive, man. You got your music on vinyl. I tell you, man, that that is cool stuff, and it's selling out. And I see why. I see talent, man, and I call it as I see it. 
and uh, Harrison, you you got some real talent. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, um, I definitely highly recommend you check out Harrison Reese. I particularly like his tracks Darkness, What If I, and The Real Me. He just released an album uh, just this past January. It's got a bunch of great tracks. And um, Sean Mendez, Ed Sheeran, man, look out. You better look in your rearview mirror because uh, Harrison is, is on your trail, fellas. So, Harrison, it was a pleasure, man. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much for having me on. Anytime, brother. Thank you so much. And to everybody listening, just like Harrison, keep up the hustle. <laughs>